welcome back to State of Mind, my podcast. I'm Grace Kingswell and I'm a nutritional therapist and lifestyle medicine advocate. Essentially, that means that I'm down for hardcore health facts, but also lifestyle hacks like cold water swimming, meditation and mindfulness and harnessing the power of your own body. This leads me on perfectly to introduce my guest today, Richie Norton. Richie is the man behind the Strength Temple, a name which I feel both suits him and also doesn't because he's one of the gentlest and kindest people that I've been lucky enough to meet on this epic podcasting journey. And we spent such a blissful hour or so discussing life, health, mindset, movement and everything in between. Richie began his journey as a personal trainer, but retrained as a yoga instructor and then found XTP, which is a kind of whole package of lifestyle coaching, movement, breathwork, ice immersion, and so much more. And he now teaches workshops up and down the country and abroad, focusing on the power of movement and the power of breath. In this episode, we talk a lot about feelings. I think it's a valuable episode for anyone out there that just feels like they want to connect that little bit more, whether that be with themselves or with those around them. A lot of the golden moments in this episode come from the gentle unfolding of Richie's story, his life and the strange and wonderful things that have happened to him along the way. I hope you enjoy the chat as much as I did. And if you want to support the podcast, which I'd love it if you did, you can post it to your Instagram stories and encourage your friends to get involved. And of course, there's always that all-important review on the Apple Podcasts app. Let's get into the episode. Okay, let's get into it. Hey, Richie. Hi, how are you doing? (laughs) I'm good, how are you? I'm really good, actually. I'm feeling really happy to be back in London with the sunshine in the blue sky and it feels a little bit more like summer. Last time I came here, it was hammering down rain. It was freezing cold and it was August. Oh, gosh. Really random weather. I know we're having a bit of an Indian summer. Yeah. Um, but I've got my swim in this morning. Nice. And I've had some breakfast. What did you have? What do you want to know if I had for breakfast? Yeah. Oh, here we go. Well, Amy actually will vouch for this. She saw me at the breakfast breakfast buffet at the White City House. Oh, I love the buffet. <laughs> I think I have that buffet at least three times a week. I only found out about it about four weeks ago. And now when they we... told me it's on every day, I thought it was a one-off, like no, it was a special you... event. Well, they close in the winter, it's only on at the weekends. Right. So make the most of it now while the sun's right. shining. Oh, I did. She said, <laughs> uh, aren't you supposed to be meeting like Grace in about 15 minutes or 20 minutes? I'm like, yep. She said, how are you going to make use of the £12 buffet in that amount of time? And I said, watch me. The all you can <laughs> So this is not how I would normally do things. I would normally say, chew your food, take your time, be mindful, don't yeah, get distracted. Yeah. But there's obviously this buffet of like amazing fruits. I had papaya, I had like uh, uh, chia seed pudding, I had like muesli, granola, porridge. And then I went for an omelette with so- avocado. <laughs> and I think I walked, yeah, I walked out with a piece of buttered banana bread <laughs> amazing yeah my favorite is that weird like sago pudding mm-hmm. with the coconut chips that's the one anyway for everyone listening you have no idea what we're talking about <laughs> unless you're a member of white city house so let's jump in with the first question which is always what was the last thing you did that positively impacted your health as in to the moment it would have been going for a swim yeah getting in getting in the ocean Nice. Um, Did you do that this morning at like 5am Yeah. before you drove to London? Yeah, in the dark. In the dark? Yeah. <gasps> you reckless soul. Yeah. 
yeah. But it actually, it's a bit scary if it, the water's really choppy. Mm. It's not too cold right now, but I'm trying to make that part of the the ritual that is the key to me getting in a bit of a rhythm. Mm -hmm. But also that's my connection to nature, but also movement and mm -hmm. breathing because it all plays a part in the whole experience. I'm just lucky at the moment I can just walk down the road without having shoes on and just jump in the ocean and jump back out and get back home, yeah. change and jump in the car. And is that something that you'll keep doing throughout winter? Yes. Because I know you're a fan of the cold water. I am. I am very much so. It's actually something I'm actually looking forward to. I miss the cold. Mm. Um, yeah, same. Even the showers at the gym or shower at home, I can't get it cold enough. And once you get used to the cold immersion, whether that's the ocean, whether that's cold showers that you come that you get with the winter, mm. it's um, it's just a bit sketchy in the ocean. If you haven't got someone with you, I would never say go and go for a swim on your own in the dark. Yeah, especially somewhere as remote as where I live. Um, <laughs> but it was really calm this morning. It was like a lake, Amazing. and the tide was in, so I didn't have to go out too far. And it's a really safe little bay. Um, so it was quite a nice, it was like a little dip. It's like morning. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I was just saying earlier, I was in Dublin yesterday, didn't get back till midnight and then waking up at four to get myself ready to leave. You know, I, I needed to make sure I was fresh for that three and a half hour drive. Yeah. Yeah. And that hustle through the London traffic to get here. What are your coping mechanisms with kind of, cause obviously you've only had a few hours sleep. You're really tired. Mm -hmm. It's quite easy for me personally anyway, to get into quite a negative headspace when you're tired, you know, things kind of aggravate you a bit more or, mm -hmm. you know, stuff's a bit more difficult. It takes longer. It frustrates you. Do you, I don't, do you get that? And, and how do you cope with it? Yeah. And I, I think this ties in with, I can always looking at bringing some value to the, all the random people out there. I don't know who they are, or what they're into, but Tiredness, sleep, deprivation is a huge issue for our health, mm -hmm. mentally, physically, emotionally. And it's something I'm really trying to work on. So when I know I'm tired because I haven't slept for the amount of hours that I know are like my optimal window, mm -hmm. I will do my very best to take a break as soon as I can and switch off. So I'll step out of a, a meeting or once I've got out of the car, I'll go and sit somewhere quiet. I'll close my eyes and do a bit of breathing. That that breath work or that mini meditation might become mm. a little power nap. Yeah, yeah. And I'll take it because that could be the difference between me trying to push through my body, trying to shut me down mm. when it's really trying to fight me to yeah. shut me down. That's when you start to do some damage and that wears on you and that starts to you know play a bigger problem um, mm. the more you fight it if you just deprive yourself more and more so I'll definitely try and catch up I say I was going to say tonight but I've got to drive back to Wales later on that's the plan so I'll see how I feel later if I'm not too tired I might do it yeah. otherwise it'd be an early night and it would be trying make sure I've got lots of nourishing food in my body lots of greens lots of water get super hydrated um and do everything I possibly can to repair and refuel my body if mm. I haven't got the sleep to do that extra bit of magic. Yeah, we were just talking before we came on air about London and it being kind of like this blanket of sort of numbness mm -hmm. that, you know, flattens everyone mm -hmm. and kind of swaddles, swaddles us in this sort of feeling that um, it's okay to push through the tiredness. It's okay to have one more coffee. It's okay mm -hmm. to stay up really late um, mm -hmm. and answer that email from your boss at 11, even mm -hmm. though you know you shouldn't be looking at your phone. Yeah. You know, and then as soon as you step outside of this kind of weird 
bubble that we're all living in and you suddenly tune in a bit more to your body and you think, oh, okay, mm -hmm. you know, I actually need to rest or mm -hmm. I, I see it all the time in clinic, people getting sick or getting colds or getting ill. And it's like, well, do you need to slow down? Like this is a signal, this is a sign. And mm -hmm. actually maybe if you weren't kind of ignoring it, you would have tuned in mm -hmm. sooner. Yeah. Um, what would you say to kind of people living in that fast paced London lifestyle that actually want to start tapping into how their body's feeling more often? Yeah, this is, this is something I still check in with now. I definitely haven't got it figured out. I mean, just going back to where I was before I sounded like I knew what I was talking about. Mm. I was typical boy, young lad, disruptive, got into rugby. Luckily, rugby gave me an outlet to deal with my frustrations and my anger and me being what I would have said, like, a, you know, ADHD, you know, it, it's, it's taken a long time for me to try and find the tools that I can now use to call upon to switch off and right. to be more the word mindful of all of my actions, my behavior, my responses. Um, you know, everything from checking out and checking in with how you're feeling before it gets so out of control that you mm -hmm. have a panic attack, you get anxiety, you feel super low, you feel really fatigued, you get grumpy, you're moody, you look bad, mm -hmm. you know, you look physically tired with your appearance. I try not to wait for those signs to kick in anymore, whereas that used to be the case. I'd get shut down, I'd get sick, I'd get ill, yeah. or I'd get injured, which is why my career ended an, uh, um, a few years ago. It was actually the recovery of that. So be more aware, be more conscious, listening and feeling what my body was trying to tell me. Mm. It was telling me, get some rest. It was telling me, drink some more water. It was telling me, stop eating crappy food, mm. eat something with some nourishing you know, nutrients. And the outcome was always the same. I'd feel better, Yeah. but it was never consistent. Yeah. It was like yo-yo stuff. I'd do it and then but oh, I feel great. Mm. And then I'd push myself and then I'd burn out. And yeah. it was this repetitive cycle to my body completely shut down. I got these injuries, ended my career, and I went into a real deep, dark, horrible place. And now it's it's through becoming a fast forward a yoga teacher and movement coach and breathing guy, whatever you want to title what I currently do, that's now allowed me to experiment based on how I practice this myself to mm. now help people give them, well, help give other people these little tools to go and practice in their unique individual lives yeah, and not make it so much hard work because I didn't learn that way. Mm. One week I go, I'm going to breathe through my nose this week because I've heard that's good. And I'd want to know why and I want to feel it for myself. And then I'd realize actually that was really calming. Mm. It allows me to be more focused. This week I'm not going to eat a load of crappy food or I'm going to be more conscious of it and I'm going to see how I feel. I always feel so much better when I'm paying attention to that. When I'm getting more sleep, when I'm more aware of me looking maybe a little bit tired, I'm a little bit more lethargic, I'm not really feeling very motivated or driven, I'm not wanting to go out, I'm just not quite myself because I paid attention to me feeling a little bit different, mm. I now react to that and I make sure I get my sleep in order or at least try and find out where I can make the difference up. Always has a positive outcome. But it's not always perfect. So going around the houses to answer your question, it's like I would never want anyone to look at the bigger picture too quickly and try and fix everything, but look at being you know, more aware thing. and just work on one thing that you think is a bit more achievable, mm. that you know is really important. You know that's something that keeps coming up and 
Not getting enough sleep is a big one. Feeling tired is a big one. Mm. But we've got all these tools now that we have access to that can make a huge impact on our health, yeah. physically, mentally, emotionally. Do you see a big difference between the kind of men and the women within this space? I think I don't, it's something you talk about quite a bit, but I think it's almost more acceptable or just more normal for women to kind of engage with themselves on a whether that's a spiritual or emotional level to, you know, try out these new wellness trends, whether that's mm-hmm. nasal breathing, whether that's, you know, taking some magnesium to help you sleep. You mm-hmm. know, I mm-hmm. think there's, there's, we still do live within a culture where men are sort of need to be the tougher ones. They don't mm-hmm. need all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Do you, I mean, wh- how do you kind of approach that in the work that you do? Um, so I, I definitely want to target more men and I'm mm-hmm. trying to get my voice heard across the male space because I used to be one of those guys that would be making fun of guys going to yoga mm. or guys eating a kale salad or guys talking about their feelings because I saw that was like a chink in your armor that yeah. showed weakness or you you know you left yourself a bit too open and vulnerable we didn't talk about that sort of stuff and you'd have to like man up and you'd have to be strong and have this ego and you know to you know have this presence especially relating to rugby guys which yeah. is all fueled by like you know I've got this tough exterior but mine broke down because I wasn't communicating. I wasn't addressing all of these things. And I guess there's a lot of guys out there still very stubborn or don't want to admit that something's not right. Um, maybe not listening or addressing the things that are there right in front of their eyes and they're feeling it. But they maybe don't know how to make more sense of it or what's available to them. And... I think it can probably be quite scary as well because, yeah. if, I mean, for anyone, if if you're if you've got to the stage where you've realised that you need to make a change in your life, that's incredible. But actually doing that and mm-hmm. making those changes because it might be something big. It might be like what you did, you know, moving out of London, moving to a mm-hmm. remote part of Wales. Mm-hmm. That's a big step, and that's quite scary because you don't know what it's going to be like. Mm-hmm. And I think getting over that mm-hmm. is really hard. For sure, for sure. I I, I do think there's a shift. There's a lot more guys out there talking about, you know, being more involved in trying yoga and being more health conscious, getting more sleep, mm. drinking less because they're feeling better. More people are talking about mental health as, a, you know, the bigger picture of like why why are guys suffering more than anybody else? Yeah, yeah. Why is suicide such a big problem more than ever before when we should have more tools to help improve all of our health, uh, mm. our health and well-being? And there is a lot more conversations happening, but it's still not being fixed. Yeah. So part of the reason I started to teach as well and start to make my content a little bit more open and available to guys, because I I had to be vulnerable myself and tell them my story, that it was never a smooth ride. It was not always clear that I was going to end up in this position. I had to go into a real dark place and figure it out to then find some resilience and find some strength to know that actually... There is a lot of help out there for us. Mm. It's okay to talk about your feelings and share what's going on. Be a little bit more vulnerable and experimental. Try something like yoga. Try some meditation. Try some breathing exercises. Try a workout that's less intensive and less stressful and less um, physically demanding and be a bit more gentle with yourself Mm. and see how much better you feel from that. Yeah. Even it's your own little journey on your own. 
Maybe do it behind the scenes. Don't tell anybody. Go off and just disappear. Go to do some yoga in Bali. Mm. You know, go and go and do a little a weekend course with someone where no one knows you. Or just ask another guy. Ask me. Ask ask someone else that you feel might not be in a position of judgment because yeah. they don't get it. Because there's a lot of great opportunities there, a lot of great um, channels and people and events and communities that mm. are doing really great things. And I think more guys need to step into that space to see how much more powerful they actually are physically and mentally by expressing themselves in that way. Yeah. You you talk a lot about your tribe on, mm-hmm. on your social media channels, which I think is really nice. And I know community for you is a, is a mm-hmm. big element of what you're trying to do and you know, to make people realize that actually, you know, we are, we're animals that have evolved to live in, in groups with each other. And yet mm-hmm. these days we're living this, these completely disparate lives mm-hmm. in these huge cities. We're often really disconnected from people. We don't touch people. You know, we, we talk to them on online and mm-hmm. it's really interesting. I was, um, back in Cambridge the other day, where I was at university for some kind of reunion dinner and I was, it really made me feel my age, firstly. But the, <laughs> the second thing was I was talking to this young guy who's currently at the college that I was at. And he was saying how, you know, we had all these um, drinking societies when we were at uni. And it was it was pretty awful. You know, you'd, you'd go on a swap with a male drinking society. You'd be made to drink out of your shoe, eat your dessert with no hat, with no cutlery. It's like terrible. Um, but really, really fun. And you, mm-hmm. you, you were there with people. You had a little c- a community, a tribe that you kind of went out with. And he was saying that they've all, that's completely stopped. And that mm-hmm. these days um, people are going back to their rooms to sit on social media mm-hmm. and talk to their friends mm-hmm. via Instagram, via um, Snapchat, whatever. Mm-hmm. Which, although, you know, it's good that kind of enforced drinking is is no longer a thing, in a way is, is quite sad because... I think so many youngsters are missing that level of, of contact. And mm. I wanted to ask you with the community that you're building on, on your Instagram and your mm. social media, is that real connection to you? This is a really good question because I, I went through a phase where I was a bit resistant to everything social media wise because I'd blamed a, an old relationship you know, coming to an end because we were both on our phones and I was just thinking, oh, this isn't connection. This isn't re- this is killing my vibe a little bit. Yeah. It's not real. Uh, I'm a very physical person. I like engagement. I like physical contact. And I like chatting to people in person. I like to hug someone and, mm-hmm. you know, feel their presence and be around them. I like that vibe. Um, and what I realise is that social media, you know, this tech world that we, you know, especially younger generations are really into because they've mm. grown up around it. I feel there's a lot of great places to be because a lot of people out there feeling lonely, feeling on their own or disconnected and not having access to a nice friend circle on their street, in their village, in their town, at their school, at their college. And sometimes there are places online that will give them that sense of security yeah. and placement and a place of um, comfort and a belonging but there's also the other side too there's a lot of places that aren't good and are very negative and very controlling manipulative and i think it's having self-awareness to what's making you feel good where do you feel safe what's making you feel part of that community are you feeling taken care of do they get you are you able to be yourself or are you being manipulated to be someone that you're actually really not feeling like you are that person yeah again it's tuning into you and how do you feel yeah but actually be listen to your instinct 
What's your intuition saying to you? How is it making you feel? You have a choice. You can follow that person. You connect with that person. You can hang out with that person physically or on your phone or wherever it is. Mm. How's it making you feel? I think we sort of suffer and torture ourselves a little bit with following accounts or following people or hanging out with this group of friends in person that don't make us feel very good. We've outgrown them or they're doing something that you actually, that's not really my thing. Mm. Your choice. There's plenty more people out there that would have your back, that would make you feel good, that would support you, that would provide you know a network of positivity. And to bring it around back to my tribe, because I call them a tribe because it's like I feel like that connection with a load of people that I've never, a lot of people I've never met unless they've come to a workshop. Yeah. And it takes one message from one of these people in my community online on through social media to explain that they've been on this journey and it was listening to me talk about something one day that allowed them to feel confident enough to go out and do something like that for themselves and they've never felt better for it. And they've never looked back. Mm. And I've then affected someone else that I've never met in my entire life and all of a sudden their life has got better. To the point where people have been close to not wanting to carry on anymore. And it's taken one thing that I happen to be on their feed at that moment, sharing something that resonate with them to give it one more go. Mm. That's the most powerful mm. thing I can ever imagine. Any, any gift anyone might have is to save someone's life or to give them hope. Yeah. And to be a positive influence in their world. And like, it gets me really emotional because of, like, I... I know people are going on these rides and they feel a bit lost and overwhelmed with all the stuff that's around them. And sometimes that sense of community and being part of a little crew mm. is like, oh, I've got family. Because they might mm. not have a family that supports them. Mm. They might not have that network. They might have had a real tough childhood where they felt so lost and alone. They might be able to go online and go, hey, look, the Strem Temple or whoever it is, I get it. He's been on a similar ride to me. He understands mm. me. And then hopefully I can bring value to help them stay on that path till they find some strength to go out and do something for mm. themselves. You know, my community is the reason I do what I do. Without them, I wouldn't be doing this. No one would know who I was. Yeah. And do I wouldn't feel I had purpose because they give me purpose because I'm able to provide value and give something positive that I hope will improve the quality of their lives. Does it ever make you feel worried about putting out certain types of content like would you would you feel worried if if you know you were having a really down day and, and you shared that you know are you quite basically my question is are you quite careful and and do you create curate what you put out knowing that it can really affect people or are you just happy just to send it out there and see what you get back i in terms of creation everything's very spontaneous i must ask all the time how how far ahead do you plan your post i never do <laughs> i mean fair play to those people that do but yeah. that's not how i become more authentic I don't know what I'm going to be feeling like at the end of this week. What I might plan to post might not feel right to me. It make no sense whatsoever. So it won't feel genuine mm. and I'll feel fake. So what I'm always conscious though is creation of the fact that as an influencer, dare I say it, but as someone who has the ability to influence other people on a big scale, I want to make sure that whatever I say is hopefully going to bring some value, but isn't, the be all and end all. This isn't exactly what you might have to do or mm. this might not resonate with you, but this is how I'm feeling or this is what has made sense to me. This is what I found really helpful. But if I'm not a specialist and I'm not doing the research, everyone's different. Yeah, yeah. But 
I think it's important just to sort of think about our message that we all have to share with each other and our communities and the people around us that mm. you're conscious and aware of the impact this might have on someone else and just treading carefully and being cautious, but just being very open and honest. I think that's the key. Yeah. So I think one question I wanted to ask you is, is from an outsider's perspective looking in, it could be that someone might think that you're a yoga teacher that likes breathing. <laughs> but I wanted you to just go a little bit deeper and tell us what it is to be an XTP coach. And, you know, what is that for starters? And then just talk us through a little bit about, you know, how you bring these practices into your everyday life. So like, what does breath work mean mm -hmm. to you and how can someone incorporate that? Well, going to XPT, uh, it stands for X Extreme Performance Training. Um, it was put together by Gabby Reese and Laird Hamilton. Um, I stumbled across them in, in Malibu when I was working with a client in, in the States. So glam. Yeah, I know. It sounds so <laughs> glam, doesn't it? But honestly, it was like it came out of nowhere. Like I was in London. I got a call. Uh, to cover for one of my mates out there. And I was currently a PT in London with a full schedule of clients, just working away, mm -hmm. doing my thing, figuring out, you know, how to be a personal trainer. Yeah. And then I realized that there was this opportunity to go and work abroad and have a one client and work with them intensively and live with them and step out of my comfort zone and really challenge myself and see if what I've been learning will actually come to some, to come to some good. Yeah. And this was no average client. This is like, you know, a high-end, A-list a celebrity that, you know, was a big movie star. And um, I'm going around, the, giving some context to this because I, I felt a bit out of my depth at the time because I was so excited this being a so PT. Cool. I was like, this is amazing. How cool is this? I've got three weeks to live with this guy and it's going to be amazing and you know, I'm going to do a good job. And then I get this call saying, right, so you can cook. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, PC yeah. and personal chef. Personal chef, basically personal coach, day in, day out, all day from morning till night. I cook, I prepare food, I breathe, we meditate, we train, I drive him, we go to oh galleries, we do whatever he's doing, I'm there with him. So I'm like, I'm, I'm a minder, I'm a coach, I'm a chef. A friend. Uh, and a friend. And um, we got on so well, I eventually became a friend and we travelled around the world for a little while and keep in touch and still I'm off to see him again, hopefully in November. But it's, um, I'm going, to, going away from the point, but the reason I mentioned that is because I was then put in a situation that was like really out of my comfort zone. But because I believed in the ability that I had something to bring, some value to bring, but mm. also the fact that I believe if you stay in your comfortable place, you never really adapt and evolve and really see what you're capable of. I, I cook food before and nutrition now has become a huge part of how I take care of myself, especially when I'm traveling, because I feel like when I've got my food on point, I feel invincible. And even when I've got no sleep, I've poor sleep or I haven't been trained as much, if I keep my diet on point, I stay lean, I stay healthy, I st my skin is good, mm -hmm. I sleep better. So I, all my studies and all my practice, I was actually freestyling while I was there trying to be as creative and you know expressive with all this amazing like food. I was thinking, he's used to like really gourmet, really high quality food and I'm, he wants to be plant-based one day and then vegan the next day. So I was like in the mix. Oh my God. It was like a crash course of like plant-based, vegan, um, you know, high-end cuisine. And it went really well. But the few days in, he said, I've got this friend called Laird. We're going to go up to his pool and uh, we do a bit of swim training in the, in the in the pool and we do breathing and we take weights to the bottom of the pool. We go in a sauna and we get in ice baths. I'm like, what on earth am I 
you know, get myself into. Yeah, yeah. And it was a baptism of fire. I got up there and I was surrounded by movie stars and NBA basketball players and NFL players and, you know, and all these like incredible humans, like physically in the most amazing shape ever. Yeah. And all they're there to do is try and improve the quality of their lives and longevity of their lives. Yeah. But also this sense of community. And also to feel something, I think, because going to an ice bath is like 100% sensation. Oh, well, and, that, and I found that out in the mix. I was a new boy, so Laird was straight on my case. He's like, who is this guy? He's a trainer. You know, let's see what he's made of. They put me through the mill, four hours of training in the pool. So I've, I've gone around the houses here, but I like to tell that story because it provides context of what I teach now. Yeah. That community that I felt then, that pool training, the ice, the heat, the extremes, stressing myself out, putting myself in a really uncomfortable position has now built me, built, built, um, a more resilient, more mindful me. I now teach people through ice um, exposure, heat exposure, pool training. I'm now um, well, I'm almost a master trainer for XPT. I'll be the only master trainer in Europe to hopefully now deliver certifications and train coaches in this method because it completely transformed my life. I was a PT doing well. This just opened up a whole new network of how we can improve our health mm. physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, because they combined yoga, movement, breath work, mechanics, uh, underwater training. Navy SEALs were like um, getting involved with the underwater work and how to stress your body, but also how to find calm in stressful env stressful environments and how you can use that in everyday life before we go into a meeting at work. Sure. I had my mind blown. So they have this three pillars of it's called breathe, move, recover and breath work is what i do every day we all breathe every day mm. but most people breathe dysfunctionally because they're unaware of how powerful it actually is but also how it can cause so much like ill health mm. if you're doing it incorrectly but that's probably a whole new podcast probably. movement again movement another second pillar of it all is we've got to move our bodies to keep it functional to keep it working mm. we've got to add some resistance we've got to move our joints in different ranges of motion to keep all the nutrients and the nourishment in the joints so we stay healthy and active and mobile till we're 120 you know i have that mission by the way nice. um and a lot of us are not because we're sitting down for too long yeah. and we're just slowly decomposing a lot quicker than we need to because we're just stuck in front of our laptops and mm. our phones. And, and it's it, a, sorry, just jump in. It's it's like a cyclical process, isn't it? Because if you, the more you, the more you move and the more you, you exercise, the mm. more your body actually creates new mitochondria and mm -hmm. your mitochondria is literally where you make energy. Oh my God. So it's like this amazing thing where if you're more sedentary and you're not moving, mm. then your body's like, cool, don't need that ATP synthesis at that particular mitochondria like location, so I'll just switch it off. Whereas if you're doing a lot of physical activity, yeah. it's so cool how your body just like makes more. I'm so, I mean, I feel like we better not go too far down that path, but I've been really delving deep into mitochondria. Yeah. And, and oh like sunlight exposure, gosh. it's amazing. Circadian rhythms, you mm. know, waking up, with, you know, getting that balance right, adding resistance training to your training, yeah. you know, how you, you know, what you put in your body, fasting, starving yourself a little bit, not starving, that's maybe the wrong word, fasting. Yeah, yeah, on no, that, we And how a, that is playing a part in re re getting rid of all recovery. the dead mitochondria to replenish the new mitochondria. Autophagy, yeah. Yeah, and that has completely opened up a whole new rabbit hole for me. But the way I help that become more relatable to people that maybe don't know anything about that at all 
it still goes back to you have to move your body and you have to make sure your digestive system is rested from time to time. Mm. We're overeating. That is having a huge effect on the mitochondria, you know, and the reason you have energy, the reason you move at a certain pace, the reason you're able to like be more dynamic, be more alert, be more switched on. It comes down to this. Yeah, I know. And But there are simple tools that can give you hope that you can repair, you can rebuild from wherever you're starting from or become an even more high-performing, optimal athlete. Mm. This is available to everybody, but don't ignore it because the longer you leave it, the harder it is to rebuild because things are just breaking down. Mm. But that's, again, that's a whole new topic, but I can tell you're just as excited as yeah, I am yeah, no, that's because I can't own. get enough of this and it's yeah. so interesting what we're learning now. Yeah. But there are so many people out there just want to know how do I even start because I'm aware of this yeah. and I think if we're going to bring value to whoever listens to this... Don't put it off. Start to look at the things that you can do. Be more aware of your breathing. Definitely get out and move wherever you can in any way, shape or form you can. And start to look at, you know, your nutrition, which is probably where mm. you would come in and how you can maybe rest your digestive system and look at not overeating, mm. but getting more quality in, in the food that you do eat. Mm. So it has more of an impact and more value. Yeah. And they're the real easy areas to go into. And there's a real small little starting point there somewhere. Yeah, it really it really gets to me a lot of the time on, you know, on social media, because you've got really high profile people saying, fasting is ridiculous like don't listen to this don't do that don't do that don't drink celery juice you know it's all there's no there's no there's no evidence for any of this yeah. and it just drives me so mad because actually the only evidence you need is in your own body mm. you know you are your own best doctor i mm. say this all the time mm. you are your own best doctor yeah. you know i've been through the mill with my health and like my god do i know what it feels like to feel absolutely crap mm. every single day like a bus has hit you in the face 10 mm. times mm-hmm. You know, finding things like fasting for me has given me such a different perspective on firstly, what it means to be hungry. Mm-hmm. And secondly, the power that comes from knowing that you're not so dependent on food, that you mm-hmm. can go a few hours without eating. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like getting into cold water is, I still kind of find when I get out of cold water, I still tend to have a bit of a reaction. Like mm-hmm. my my skin will flare up, I'll get mm-hmm. really itchy. Right. But it's a it's a learning like I still do it because I love it but it's a learning curve it's like how do you adapt to that it's like you were saying mm-hmm. you know it's learning how to cope learning how to, to to teach your body how to deal with certain stresses and that is such a valuable lesson for anyone yeah. living in the 21st century right yeah 100%. because we have like micro dose stresses coming at us yeah. every hour of the day yeah, yeah. whether that's like a whatsapp mm-hmm. on your phone or an email from your mm-hmm. boss or you spot your coffee on the way out mm-hmm. the door in the morning it's like all these things are just bombarding mm-hmm. us hypersensitive to everything and hyper stimulated yeah to the point where we're always in this sympathetic state totally jacks up on caffeine and too yeah. much sugar with the blood sugar going yeah. like this yeah and information overload which is also has us firing because we're always absorbing information so our attention spans getting shorter and shorter we're not really getting the benefit of enjoying mm. what that moment would bring and absorbing mm. the information efficiently and then being able to respond and react to it because we're not listening totally. we're not tuning into how we're physically feeling yeah yeah based on how that information has been delivered to us so we're becoming overstimulated hyperstimulated you know adrenal fatigue is a huge problem but also um you know depression and going into like people's anxiety and mm. emotional and mental health issues is because we're not paying attention to what's you know coming up yeah. with our emotion and our intuition yeah. and our feelings so we can do something about it in that moment 
we need to step out. Let's go and breathe for a minute. Yeah, yeah. I need to take some time out here. I need to switch off a little bit. I actually need to go to get to bed, actually. I'm a yeah, bit run yeah. down. We just push and push and push. And then we get shut down or the doctor tells you you're sick or something even worse But comes. this is the thing. It's like, why do you need a doctor to tell you you're mm. sick? You know, we all go yeah. to the GP these days and say, fix me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, fix yourself first. Mm-hmm. If, if you're going to the GP for... It's actually a guy interviewed the other day, Tom Parry's a Wim Hof coach and mm. we did a nice bath together and it's really cool. And he was saying on the podcast, you know, if you're going to your GP for back pain, mm-hmm. that's your lifestyle that needs to change. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not an acute condition like a broken arm or something that you mm-hmm. need help with. That's so much of what we're all dealing with these days can be helped by a change in pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so, so valuable. Yeah. There's an underlying thing around this whole talk which is, comes back to the simple thing of just observing the way you're feeling totally. a lot more mm. and one of the biggest ways to do that is to actually switch off and take yourself out of the environment that you're in that's creating so much noise and move to of, Wales peeps well you know, <laughs> I had to do that to quiet down my noise um, but there are, are lots of ways for you to find that peace and that, that bit of calm and that bit of a switch off and mm. some people might say well I'm super busy I've got too much on or yeah. I've got kids that take all my time. I guarantee you, if you've been honest with yourself, you have five or ten minutes when you're on your phone in that phone vortex. Totally. Getting completely consumed and overwhelmed with a load of crap, unless it's, you know, quality content. But still, that could be your time. It's just you've got to look at perspective of what quality time actually is to you mm. and go and find more of it because you, you're being put under so much stress that if it's not balanced out with downtime and more parasympathetic, more nervous system rest, your body will eventually shut you down because mm. you're a human living organism. You're not a yeah, robot. Yeah. Totally. But we're living like robots. And the sooner we get back to nature a little bit more and you know, uh, become a bit more aware of our feelings and our sensations, we are better human beings. We're nicer. We're more polite. We're more mm. engaging. We're friendlier. We're happier. Because we're fulfilling our natural need to be connected with nature and each other. Mm. And that sounds maybe a little bit woo-woo to some people, but that's the fact of human nature. And part of the reason I moved to Wales is because I didn't feel like a human being. I was living in London and technically successful if you looked at you know how busy I was. But really I wasn't happy because I was nowhere near nature, nowhere near doing the things that made me happy. I was trying to escape London every weekend. Yeah. And when I moved out of London or at least changed my habits, all of a sudden I created space to be able to do more than I already was doing because mm. I create that space by prioritizing what made me happy. And a lot of people aren't doing that. Amazing. Well, I feel like we could go on forever on this. 100% but, we could go on forever. And I was going to ask you all about the Richie's Kitchen and stuff, but I think let's save that for another time and I will ask chapter you... Chapter two. Chapter two. <laughs> I will ask you the three same questions I ask everyone on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is, if there's one thing you could do again in life, what would it be? I would love to go back to playing rugby if I was able to know what I know now. Because nice. I'd be a better athlete, a better teammate, a better son, better brother. Um, because I'd have a little bit more clarity on how to manage what was going on rather than seeing it as an outlet. Yeah. So, yeah, I would go back to, you know, I'd, I'd go back to playing rugby again and enjoying being part of a team. I could still recreate that, mm-hmm. just to elaborate. 
But on the flip side, something more real, more more close to this would be going to do my yoga teacher training again. Because I can't repeat that You're the that second again. person that said, that's had that answer. The first person was Sophie. Yeah. And, and Sophie's probably very similar to me in the way that we've done it later on in life. Yeah. I guess once we've kind of like established ourselves, but gone and thought, actually, I've, you had the calling to go and do it. Mm. I never wanted to be a teacher. I just wanted to explore it a little more to understand it because I felt like there was a something there that I wanted to delve deeper into. I found the right teacher, but it was the stripping back. It was the going back down to the roots of being who I am meant to be, dropping the ego, hugging people, crying, you know, moving, chanting, all this other stuff that comes with yoga teacher training that I was completely against. And yeah. I didn't, I was really like against all of that. Or well, not against it, but more, I guess, just resistant to want to go down that path. But it was more just actually just being someone that wanted to connect with other people and find a way to express himself. And I found that way was movement, breathing, and be more open to connect with lots of other good human beings out there. That just gave me a purpose. It gave me a path. It gave me, it gave me a journey to go down. Nice. And yeah, that was probably the most transformational time of my life. Um, my second question, is, lovely answer, thank you. My second <laughs> question is, if there's one thing you could change, what would it be? In my own personal life or the world? Both, either. Okay. Personally... It would be, do you know, I actually, I'm actually embracing the fact that I wouldn't change anything in myself because it's allowed me to become who I am now. And I feel more aware and switched on than ever. And I yeah. think we've got to stick with and just accept our journeys are all different, but we're all learning and going on our own path. But don't get held up on the fact that it might not have been a smooth ride because it was from my failures and the mistakes that I would maybe have made mm. and the the not so happy darker days that have allowed me to be more compassionate and more understanding, but more grounded than ever that I'm a human being that will live a life that I create, even with the mistakes, and that tomorrow is a new day, but it's not always guaranteed. Mm. So in that respect, I am who I am because of the path that I've been on, so I wouldn't really change anything in my own life because that's just the way it is and I'm I'm happy I'm on this new ride. So in terms of the world, I mean, it would have to be something that is really hurting my heart right now and it's the, um, it would be taking away plastic, you know, the pollution and the way we're treating the planet. It makes me sick. And um, I mean, I try not to get too delved into it, but it emotionally just pulls me apart and, uh, seeing the destruction and, you, you know, so how I, I would want to change where the power was and who had the power because the people that have the power are not doing anything about it. Yeah. And to see my ocean, I say, I can call it my ocean, but where I play, where I surf, where I swim and the wildlife there in front of my own house just get destroyed and also forests on fire, people getting treated really badly because we're not taking care of the planet i think people still need to wake up and i think if i was to change something it would be to give the people like uh, kind of what's extinction extinction rebellion uh, it's everywhere right now and they've just been so amazing you know I've, I've connected with them and i see them doing i just try to see them getting awareness not always maybe they're in the right ways but mm. i think there always needs to, i kind of want to shake people sometimes to to act 
because I see these zombies walking around the streets thinking everything is going to last and we're all going to be fine, but we're not. Yeah, I know. So it's like I kind of want more people to wake up and see the seriousness of like we need to really do more. And, you know, it's not just going to take one person. It's going to take lots of people, lots of individuals just doing their thing in their way and just being more conscious of it. Mm. Because I think if we might take more consideration of how we're treating the planet and how we're treating each other, there's hope that we might have to rebuild things and repair things, but it's going to take a lot of effort. And I think a lot of people need just to wake up and just check in on themselves and what they're doing, how they're behaving and who they're, or how they're going about their days and how they're treating each other and... I couldn't agree how with you li- How they're living, you know, yeah. what they're using, what are they eating. And, you know, plastic is just horrendous. I drive mm-hmm. past a landfill every day and it makes me so sick. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Wow. I just see it getting buried and buried and buried. So, yeah, but I didn't want to leave the, the podcast well, in a negative. But question, it's, oh, good, so it's fine. Good. You can turn I mean, it around. Um. <laughs> Not that that was in a positive little wake up. But we all need to have these things that we get behind. And I think that's something that we just need a little check in to go, do you know what? There's a lot of information out there. I think a lot of people need to open their eyes and yeah. act. So, yeah, let's finish on a high. So the high is, uh, the last question is, well, the podcast is called State of Mind. Mm-hmm. What does State of Mind mean to you? It's a good one, this. Because I remember you mentioning there in the podcast is the state of mind. What's your thoughts on that? And I was like, eh. well, I could say... Well, mind is the mind. You know, you could say the brain. Um, And then when I think about state, I think about attitude. And I think about what's going on in your mind right now. What's controlling your thoughts? Mm. What are you thinking about? What's filling your mind? What's distracting you? What is going on with your state of mind? Because I believe the state of your mind controls the way you behave, the way you act i guess that could be the same thing and the direction you're going in and what you're attracting what you're manifesting what you're feeling and that sensation will pass through the rest of your body so that's again physically mm-hmm. but also emotionally how you approach your day and how you engage with the people so my state of mind is probably one of the most important things apart from listening to my heart which i listen to more and more in tune with State of mind is where I'm probably delving even deeper into this now, but our mental health and how we think and how we treat ourselves based on the repetition of thoughts that come up, come up will eventually steer us down a path that will then unfold. However, that mindset is repeating. So the more positive state of mind the more positive an outcome, the more positive path, the more fulfilling purpose and the happier human you're going to be. Amazing. I don't know if that made any sense, but it felt right. That was great. Thank you so much, Richie. Thank you so, so much for tuning in again. I really hope you're enjoying this season of the podcast, which seems to be never ending. Woohoo! As you heard, Richie and I think we're going to record a part two to this conversation, as there was just so much more we wanted to say about biohacking and nutrition in particular. If you have a spare moment to rate and review the podcast, if you haven't done so already, I would be mega grateful. But for now, I'll see you here next week for a brand new episode. Bye bye.